Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. In this episode of Technology Forward, we're going to look at developments in desktop additive manufacturing. With me is Jason Mears, Director of Application Engineering for the Americas at Mark Forged. Mark Forged is one of the initial developers of metal additive manufacturing using a printer that you can set up on your desktop. So thank you for joining me today, Jason. Happy to be here, Leslie. Thanks for having me. Okay, the first question is, how are desktop 3D printing additive manufacturing systems being received by engineers today, as opposed to earlier times when these were viewed more as maker systems? Yeah, I think your assessment of the conversation shifting couldn't be any more accurate. The, uh, the conversations that we're having today with design and manufacturing engineers has shifted to making additive manufacturing a fundamental part of their manufacturing operation, whether for advancing capabilities of part and tool production, localized supply chain to reduce costs and increase throughput, or for more efficient means of supporting things like uh, MRO, um, maintenance and repair parts as well. Why do you think the shift happened? Uh, I think the primary reason for the shift is an increased uh, capability of modern manufacturing or additive manufacturing platforms. So a lot of the early AM platforms, uh, I used to be a manufacturing engineer actually, so had a chance to work with a lot of these, um, but they were mostly designed for use in R&D environments and lacked the capabilities to produce end parts or functional tooling, pretty much just used for showing proof of concept. Whereas modern platforms are designed for use on the manufacturing floor such as ours. Uh, specifically with our printers, the ability to produce strong composite base materials allows for the creation of real-world tooling or end-use parts due to things like precision, repeatability, accuracy, and strength, all the things that you'd expect from your traditional manufacturing tooling. Our composite base materials are industrial-grade nylon-based thermoplastics filled with chopped carbon fiber, which are common materials on all manufacturing floors already across uh, other processes or other parts. Looking beyond just the ability to print strong parts from our base materials though, we're the only additive manufacturing platform that can reinforce with continuous fiber. So if you think of something like uh, concrete where you've seen rebar laid in, inside of it just to give it more strength, our platform mm -hmm. is the only one that can do that uh, on the FDM style side. So uh, we're able to print in real time from a second nozzle, uh, four different fibers carbon fiber, Kevlar fiberglass, and high strength high temp fiberglass. And as a result, we can lay down the base materials and then reinforce with these to create incredibly strong parts. So these parts are seeing more real world use than the systems in the past, where you were able to produce something that might give you the fit, but never the function. So now how could an engineer make a case for obtaining them beyond return on investment? I like the beyond return and investment because that's always the first place where it starts. Out of the manufacturing, the name of the game is, uh, is localizing your supply chain, being able to produce things in-house. So it definitely starts there. Um, but beyond the ROI discussion is looking at the enhanced capabilities that come along with uh, additive manufacturing. So specifically producing parts additively offers an entirely new rule set. As a design engineer, um, you conform to traditional design for manufacturing norms for your process, right? So making sure your designs from just the concepts can go all the way through to being printed at scale. So with additive manufacturing, uh, a lot of the different things that you can do, create entirely blind or encapsulate features, produce lighter and stronger parts uh, using industry accepted materials, uh, consolidation of traditional multi-part assemblies, 
because you're producing it in a different method than traditional subtractive um, manufacturing, you're able to do a lot more different things. It's been pretty interesting. A lot of the uh, a lot of the design engineers, the you see a light bulb turn on when they realize that they're not constrained and need to do all these cutouts and fillets and all these other things that they've always done. And uh, what happens a couple of months down the road is you start to see these parts that we've never thought of how to produce them like that. So the enhanced capabilities is really the uh, sort of the next step past just the ROI discussion. Okay. Now, can you give me a couple of examples of some interesting parts you've seen built using these particular types of systems? Absolutely. The uh, being within the applications team, our uh, our team's job is just to work with customers to help them find you know, solutions for the applications they come to us with. But what the best part of being on the team is, is six to 12 months down the road when the same customers come back with another 10 different applications they've identified within their shop that we didn't even think of. <laughs> uh, so there are two that come to mind um, recently that, that I think are, are great for showcasing kind of the transition to modern additive manufacturing. Uh, one is a case study we have um, with Wurzilla. Um, so this is a, uh, the, the application they were looking for, they had an existing engine lifter. So this is for moving engines around for cargo ships. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem was that the tools to produce, they were these big metal lifters that they were producing and they had to be outsourced and it used custom hardware. And there was a long turnaround time and a significant cost associated with this. We're actually able to help them redesign using uh, our composites, so using our composite base materials and our fibers to produce a tool in-house that they were able to get in a much shorter timeline. And the end result was they're able to lift these right around a thousand kilogram engines, but with 75% weight savings on the hangar, um, saving thousands of euros a month. And uh, overall, it was uh, it was pretty impressive um, to see the uh, this to see this one application go through the whole our whole story, which is taking something existing, producing it, but also modifying the design, designed for additive manufacturing. To see this truly awesome end result. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that was a great story. The other one that comes to mind right now, I think, would be PTZ. Um, so this is a company out of Dresden. Um, they produce prototypes of metal and plastics as well as end use parts. And while they're, uh, they're very comfortable on the composite side, but looking at metal technology, the, the metal parts they were producing were something that often very custom, um, very machining intensive, et cetera. So with our recent launch of copper, they were the first ones to come back to us and say, hey, look, we've, we have a great idea. Let's produce a tool cooler. So um, used in uh, machining, commonly tool coolers, keep the, uh, the head of the tool that's working on the workpiece cool. And these are produced out of copper, which if you work with uh, copper in traditional manufacturing, you understand it's very difficult to machine, very time intensive, and uh, holding dimensions is hard. So they actually printed out, out of our pure copper, um, a tool cooler that they were able to bolt up and to use directly. And the thing that was most amazing was the data coming back, which was... Uh, they were indicating that they saw a little variation from doing this traditionally as far as the material properties go. So here's another example of another way to manufacture something a lot easier and using modern manufacturing methods, but still achieve the same goal. Now the copper material kind of interests me a little bit because I know that you guys often use carbon fiber in a lot of your materials and extrude it. How does that work with copper? Are you combining it with other materials and are you extruding it? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, just like the rest of our materials, our copper is produced by Mark Forge. So this is something that just like any of the tool steels or in canal or anything else you'd buy from metal systems or on the composite side, um, this is produced by us. Uh, while the blend of the material is proprietary, the result is, uh, is pure <laughs> copper, according to the ASTM definition. Um, so if you're looking to, um, you know, in contrast to our other metals, if you're looking for things like building heat sinks, um, or, you know, tool coolers or electrical conductivity, um, you can, you can rely on this material right here to give you the same properties as if you're using something off the shelf. Any special temperature considerations that an engineer needs to think about in working with the copper? So another great question. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, looking into temperature, it's, uh, it's the same considerations you'd have with, uh, with pure copper that you've traditionally issued, whether it's sheet or bar stock or something like that. Um, I know I keep uh, relating it back to the off the shelf materials, but it's, uh, it's truly the way to think about it, right? Is that, you know, you're not having to customize yourself to use our materials and rework everything, but rather our materials are coming to you, you as the manufacturing engineer or the design engineer who understands these materials in the first place. So what are you finding are some of the things that are challenging engineers when they're working with these metal type desktop systems? So, yeah, it's a good question. When I think about the biggest challenges from our engineers, it's always around uh, shifting the mentality. So, uh, you know, bringing out of the manufacturing into the toolkit of our engineers that are producing parts, designing parts. And what I mean by that is, is that additive manufacturing is still an emerging technology. While it's mm -hmm. been around for 30 plus years at this point, uh, the level of maturity it's come to, which is seeing use in everyday applications, ranging from all your tooling to end use parts to uh, anything you can think of now. Um, with that, there's a next level learning curve that comes in place. Um, so this is, you know, beyond knowing just roughly how the part's going to come out, but ensuring it's going to come out the same way every time that you've designed it for scale and manufacturing, things of that nature. One of the ways that we're actually addressing this challenge, and this isn't unique to Mark Forge, but just generally across any new technology, especially like additive manufacturing, where you're uh, changing a very traditional uh, way of, uh, you know, making parts. And uh, we've actually come up with Mark Forge University. So uh, Mark Forge University is our developed enablement and training platform for end users on our products. It's focused on not just learning our printers, materials, and software, which is good, but also how to use it within the real world. So a big part of this is that uh, a lot of the additive platforms initially on were additive for the sake of 3D printing. Mm -hmm. But a 3D printer, is not, it's not uh, you know, changing the way that you manufacture unless you're figuring out how to use it, where it fits in. And so a big part of the enablement and training that we do, we have this available via on-site, so we, can, uh, we come to corporate headquarters. At our own headquarters, we host classes and we just launched an e-learning platform. So uh, you know, given that uh, e-learning seems to be the way to go for the widest spread delivery, uh, we're ensuring everyone has a chance to learn more about not just what we do, but what our customers are doing and how to do that too. Okay. So what do you see as some of the future technical developments coming to metal desktop 3D printing? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and, the, and the reason why there's a bit of a pause there is there's just, the, the future is just opened up. So looking at, 
yeah. you know, where we started out with powder-based systems and having to shape our manufacturing around it. And now we're, you know, this is a printer that can sit in your manufacturing floor, your office and things of that nature. Uh, definitely more materials. I would say that the biggest, uh, the biggest ask that I get is, hey, can you print X? And X might be a super alloy. It might be looking at another variation of steel for a certain application. It's just looking at all of the materials out there, looking at metals used within manufacturing. The list is endless. There's uh, going to be uh, a lot of uh, a lot more learning on top of uh, the capabilities of not just one metal, but figuring out how metals can be combined, like our hybrid metals and things of that nature. These are all things that. Um, the industry is exploring as a whole, um, but specifically at Mark Forge, we're just going to keep furthering our metal X system um, with tighter capabilities, more repeatability, just like we do with our industrial series and uh, more, more materials. Now, one of the benefits of your system is that you can handle metal safely. That's always been a concern with some of the larger systems. Mm -hmm. Do you want to address that a little bit? Sure. Uh, yeah, that's uh, so one of the things that when we came out with our Metal X system a few years back um, was that we there was a couple things that we heard. So first we heard from our, our, our existing customers, look, we love Iger, we love the workflows, we love how simple your composites are. And that really became part of uh, the core mentality in the Metal X. So with the previous metal systems, as you alluded to, you are building facilities around it, mm -hmm. um, a lot of safety concerns, especially with the powders, um, as well as a, 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 a huge learning curve to figure out how to produce the parts that you want off of these. Right. And, and with our approach, what we wanted to do is keep our, what everyone loved about our composites and bring that to metal printing. So um, what this led to was a, a metal system, just as uh, you've referred to as something that you can have on your desktop and your manufacturing floor, not something you're having to design your manufacturing facility around, but rather fitting into your current one, but also the safety of it. So the way that we've designed our materials is that um, they're packaged much like our composites into a filament. Um, we're spinning around filaments, so you're not having to worry about powder or changeover. Um, and you're able to use multiple materials just by loading and unloading materials and things of that nature. But what it resulted in is a metal system that actually works for everyone, which is, you know, not just those with R&D funding or just a lot of spend to, to go out and build a facility, but people who wanted to bring this technology within. And the important part of that is if it's easy to use, it also has to be safe to use as well, which led to why we designed the system as it is today. Excellent. Now, are there any final comments you want to make? <laughs> Honestly, the, the, the interest in additive is just, uh, you know, as we talked about, there was a hype curve about 15 years ago, and then, you know, we saw the reality of additive, and now we're starting yeah. to see the maturity of it. And as we see the maturity, it's just so exciting. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this, um, because this is just where everything is going. Yeah, and also the, the pandemic has really showcased additive manufacturing that was a yeah, fantastic point. And I think uh, it's a, unfortunately, but a silver lining to it is understanding the value of a local supply chain. Yep. Having the ability to produce the parts, the gear, the things that you need, you know, within your own facility or locally um, is just, it's, it's our story. It's, it is why additive manufacturing, one of the, you know, top reasons of why additive manufacturing makes sense. So um, you know, certainly within this, we've been happy to support efforts around PPE as well as producing mm -hmm. swabs from Mark Forge. 
Um, I'll switch you over some links after, but um, I'm glad we plowed right into that. Um, but from that end, it's starting to see not only that, but also seeing uh, the medical industry start to pay a bit more attention to additive manufacturing. So, um, you know, understanding industries like med device, aerospace, et cetera, um, there's slower uptake um, just because of how stable those industries have to be too. So mm -hmm. um, some, some good di dialogues being, um, being had there and understanding this, uh, this new technology, frankly, for the industry. Well, Jason, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Leslie, thanks for having me.